What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. As I go forward in my career, um, I always try to acknowledge where I come from and who I am and bringing recognition to my community while also um, offering what resources I have to my community. So kind of one of the things is like for my little brothers, I'm kind of paving this path and hoping that they see all these different opportunities that I've taken advantage of. That is Kai Harper, a Goldwater scholar who's pursuing a bachelor's degree in chemistry at Pannoni Honors College, Drexel University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hello, I'm your host, Venkat Raman. Sky was a very active student in high school, inside and outside the classroom. He was into the sciences, writing, and science research projects. Research took him to the international student fairs starting in the sophomore year. Sky was also very involved in student government. He was the president of the student body in his senior year. Sky joins our podcast to share his undergraduate college journey at Pannoni Honors College, Drexel University. His passion for research, winning the Goldwater Scholarship, the Truman Scholarship, majoring in chemistry, and advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. I think that I was able to kind of take this passion and drive that I had in high school and really just see the extent to which I have it here in um, college. And Mm -hmm. I think it's opened so many different doors and many opportunities from networking to research, public service. The transition from my high school to Drexel was very... um, it was, it was eye-opening because my high school was about maybe 95% um, Native American students. So I was mm-hmm. kind of used to that environment. But then I went to Drexel and it was the complete opposite. When I was in my senior year of high school, I sent her another email and she reached back out and told me, oh yeah, you're graduating, right? And I said, yeah. So then she told me, oh, there's an internship opportunity with the USDA, the Agricultural Research Services on section of the USDA. And she okay. said, if I was interested in it, I should apply and she can kind of keep, keep an eye out for my application. So I applied yeah. and um, I was accepted to do research. As I apply for other things or talk with um, different professionals, especially in the research community, when they see that I'm a Goldwater Scholar, they already kind of know that I... I've been through a very um, competitive application process. And in the end, people endorse me saying that I am, I am passionate about research and I see the value in conducting research. I want to do it myself. So I think one of the biggest things I've learned just in my three years um, in undergrad is that you have to have a voice. You're your best advocate. You're kind of your own advocate and you know what you want. The worst mm-hmm. The worst that come, the worst that someone can say, or the worst that someone can tell you is no. And if they do, there's always another opportunity. There, there's always another person to ask for whatever to have, um, when you're advocating for yourself. 
These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters. Alma Matters. matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For my newsletter, visit almamatters.substack.com now. I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Sky. So without further ado, here is Sky Harper. And if you're ready, uh, we can jump right in. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. Cool. So maybe the best place to start is uh, maybe give us sort of an overall view of your experience, uh, college experience so far. Yeah, so I just finished up my third year of my undergrad, and Mm -hmm. taking a good look back at my experience so far, I would say it's been really fun and fulfilling. I think that I was able to kind of take this passion and drive that I had in high school and really just see the extent to which I have it here in um, college, and Mm -hmm. I think it's opened so many different doors and many opportunities from networking to research, public service. And I just feel that um, doing my undergrad, I have a lot, I have a way better idea of what my next steps are and where I can make the most impact in what I want to do in the future. Maybe we can talk a little bit about why you picked uh, Drexel, uh, Drexel Honors College. Yeah, so it's kind of been funny because I feel within the past year, I've been hearing this question a lot more often and people keep asking me why did you go to Drexel over 2,000 miles away from your home and pretty much just a school that not many people would automatically think of why did you choose Drexel so um, I guess the backstory to it was in high school I was a very avid um, science fair participant I would spend a lot of time on science projects and Mm -hmm. my Sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school, I qualified for the International Science and Engineering Fair each of those mm-hmm. years. And um, my junior year, when I was, yeah, my junior year, I advanced to the International Science Fair in 2019, and that was held in Phoenix. And while I was there, um, I was just participating, having fun. It was just a great experience. But then at the special award ceremony, um, they were starting to talk, and they were saying, like, yeah, over 2,000 different students from 70-plus different countries. And Drexel University awards eight Fulbright scholarships to students. And, and all, all of a sudden, I see my name flashing on the screen, Drexel University. So um, kind of after that, I pretty much, to me, what it felt like was Drexel already had said they would fully support me long before I even started looking into institutions or even applying. Like I said, this was kind of my junior year. Um, so after the after getting the scholarship, I did apply to other schools, and I I did hear some good news from other ones. Um, but in the end, I already knew I was going to attend Drexel just because personally I felt really supported and really happy, kind of like I earned my place here, I guess. Um, so mm-hmm. with that, I thought, why not apply to the, the honors college at Drexel? Because I, just just why not? So. Um, I was looking at the website, kind of going through and trying to see what the Honors College was about. And I saw that on their program, there was an emphasis on critical thinking, stepping outside of your respective field and just feeling open to learning. So I applied to the Honors College and was accepted. And within the Honors College here at Drexel, there's a few different things they do as well. They have their Honors program. They have an undergraduate research and enrichment program. And they also Mm -hmm. have fellowship advising. 
And I just thought it was a great opportunity, so why not apply for it? Before we jump forward, um, what kind of uh, student were you in high school? You already talked a little bit about the fairs and about uh, your interest in variety of activities. Uh, what, what kind of student were you? What kind of things were you involved in? Yeah, in high school, I was a pretty pretty active student, I would say, both kind of in the classroom and outside of the classroom. So mm-hmm. I like to think that I'm, I was pretty much the same as I am now, maybe with just a little less opportunity for growth. Um, mm-hmm. um, I was freshman class president, did a few other positions, and eventually was student body president my senior mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, also graduated valedictorian and was involved in science, the science program and the writing program. Mm-hmm. And along with that, my school had yeah. a diploma program. So I was a part of the IB diploma program. Um, mm-hmm. so it was really busy. Um, <laughs> my, my high school administration, they were a little difficult at times. And I usually found myself using my position, um, advocating on behalf of my peers in the science program. But and in the end, I always found time to kind of cultivate my passion, I guess, and work towards STEM, um, STEM research when I was in the classroom. Um, my school, we didn't have any fancy type of equipment. We didn't have any partnerships with like huge businesses or um, labs. But um, yeah. with, with what resources we had, we did different team-based um, research projects. And through those projects, um, what we would win, we would put towards buying new equipment for the school. And kind of um, th- that equipment is what we use for science projects or more team projects and kind of just really building up our own resources. So um, like I said, with kind of all of that, I was busy with science for the majority of the time and went to the in- International Science Fair. And during spring, I think I travel kind of quite often going from science fair to science fair, presenting posters and just going to um, all these different competitions. But um, one of the things I like to highlight though is kind of like, even though I was very involved in STEM in high school and even now, I always yeah. made t- I always made time to kind of do what I thought was fun, like reading and writing. Fabulous. Did you do any community related work during your high school years? Yeah, so there was actually this one program I was involved in. Um, I did a few other community things, but the one that really stands out to me is um, it's called Evolvement New Mexico. So my high school was in New Mexico, and it was a dormitory school um, because I lived mm-hmm. there. But um, that program was an anti-tobacco program where mm-hmm. the, goal, the goal was to pretty much serve as an advocate for the community because yeah. at at the time, New Mexico was one of very few states that did not require tobacco licensing. So this pretty much gave um, stores the chance to sell tobacco to minors and not really be able to be reprimanded. So, mm-hmm. if they, so kind of without tobacco licensing, there was no um, way to kind of punish them for selling illegally to minors. So that was one of the big issues I worked on. And I did a lot of different um, events, going to schools, talking with school boards, and even doing community outreach, trying to spread awareness and get support and kind of all those little things right there. So I, I was, that's one of the biggest um, community service things that I did. I was um, part of a team of, I think, about 20 um, senior leadership. We also did a few different community events um, in, in the town we were mm-hmm. in. Okay, so let's jump over to Drexel. So tell us about the transition from uh, high school to Drexel. Yeah, so it was the transition from my high school to Drexel was very um, 
it was it was eye opening because my high school was about maybe ninety five percent um Native American students, so I was mm-hmm. kind of used to that environment. But then I went to Drexel, and it was the complete opposite. I remember kind of, I think it might have been my freshman year, they released the statistics for my incoming class, and I think it was like 0.3% Native American students. So that was mm-hmm. definitely, that was a full um, 180 right there. <laughs> right. It was, it was also during COVID, so that was kind of another difficult thing to really try to manage everything. Most classes were virtual, and like... um it was it, it, there was just a lot of non-activity going on on campus because everybody was told to kind of stay inside and stuff but um i think like i said um i kind of alluded to earlier how i think coming to Drexel university really just opened the floodgates for opportunities and a lot of room for growth so kind yeah. of um, the way i like to think of things is that i'm part of two colleges so like the main one my primary college is the college of arts and sciences and then yeah my, Secondary is the honors college. Um, yeah. But one of the tough things kind of more internally is that it could be a little hard to try to do chemistry and also um, make sure I fulfill the honors program requirements because they don't always go hand in hand. But mm-hmm. I think what made Drexel, what made the transition a lot easier was the honors college. The honors college is very, very um, supportive of students and does their best to help us um, if we have issues or if we just need somewhere to kind of talk. I always kind of go out of my way to try to do an honors project or um, do something in the honors college just because I feel like they're the most supportive. But um, overall, Drexel, I've also, like I said, it doesn't have a huge Native American population. So I've had to kind of do a lot of advocacy work, um, especially within like the diversity, equity and inclusion um, type of section. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in different offices that work with DEI and kind of bring a little bit more diversity um, from the Native American side to kind of their so that's that's one of the big things I've been trying to do at Drexel but like I said there's just there's just a lot of opportunity the professors are especially excited and supportive when they see students who are passionate about knowing more about their work or kind of who are just good students and then many of my peers especially within the chemistry program are also very very driven and excited about chemistry which is something I think is really great I know in high school everybody's kind of taking the same general classes and yeah. it's Everybody, everybody's just there to be there. But I feel like here in college, especially in the programs, people want to be in there. People want to learn and people are excited. So I think seeing that motivation also motivates me and kind of makes me feel a little bit, um, a little bit more supported and a little bit better about kind of being in, a, in my undergrad institution. So how did you get into undergraduate research uh, over there? Yeah, so I was kind of, I had a pretty fortunate and unique experience where when I was in high school, um, I was presenting my poster at the American Indian Science and Engineering Society Annual Conference, or ACES, and I made a contact with the lady from the USDA, and she saw my research and my presentation, and at the end of it, she gave me her business card, and she was just really happy and excited to see my passion towards conducting research, and Mm -hmm. kind of after making that connection, I kept in contact with her, sending her emails every now and then with updates about what I'm doing in high school, where I'm presenting work. And that's just kind of how that relationship kind of built. But then when I was in my senior year of high school, I sent her another email and she reached back out and told me, oh yeah, you're graduating, right? And I said, yeah. 
So then she told me, oh, there's an internship opportunity with the USDA, the Agricultural Research Services on section of the USDA. And she mm-hmm. said, if I was interested in it, I should apply and she can kind of keep, keep an eye out for my application. So I applied yeah. and um, I was accepted to do research. So initially what the opportunity was, was I would be, um, I would fly out to uh, Baltimore, Maryland, mm-hmm. and I would mm-hmm. do research at the facility over there. However, yeah. COVID happened, so I kind of, um, that didn't happen, but um, my, the PI, the principal investigator that I was paired up with, he was able to kind of put together a more remote project, and I still learned a lot from that outcome, so it was kind of a lot more like a bioinformatics, or like a lot more computer, computer-based research, so I was able to do that experience and kind of carry that on for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny because this experience is actually kind of what I wrote about in my Goldwater application. I still gained a lot of experience out of it, and I still got to kind of see a whole nother side to research because there's that's that I think that's one of the big things I've learned too coming to college is that research there's many different forms research can take. It doesn't yeah. have to be bench work. It could be something on the computer. It could be something else. But um, that was kind of my first research experience, and then after that, it really opened the doors for so many other experiences. So that was the summer between my senior year of high school, freshman year of college. But right. then after my, after my freshman year of college, I took part in a program that Drexel has called STAR, or the Student Tackling Advanced Research Summer Program, so provided lodging for them to do research with a professor on campus. So mm-hmm. I, did, I did that in the chemistry department with um, a professor on polymers, and then mm-hmm. that was that was that summer. And then I came back as a sophomore and they had another program called Vertically Integrated Projects, which is a little bit more of an like engineering type of lab. But yeah. um, you get to do research for um, class credit. And then I also um, at the same time finished up my position, my remote position with the USDA. And yeah. that contact was told me like, oh, yeah, there's a facility near Drexel if you want to be involved over there. So I said, yeah, and she was able to get me a part-time position with the facility closer to where Drexel's at. So every now yeah. and then, I'm still working there. I go in every now and then and do um, some experiments. And then um, I'm also involved in um, the Drexel College of Medicine doing research. So overall, it's just, it's, we, once you get into one lab, more and more labs are open to having you, I guess. So it's been a, it's been a really great experience. No, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So uh, the USDA, um, so I guess it moved closer in your second year towards the end of the second, somewhere in the second year, sophomore year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is a great lead into your uh, Goldwater application. So tell me, um, you you said you talked about the USDA project. Um, Tell me why you applied first. Why did you even apply? Yeah, so... Kind of up to the up to the point where it was coming to the Goldwater application. I was I honestly I didn't even know what the Goldwater really was until kind of I think the fall near the end of the fall of my um sophomore year, I was talking with some of the ladies up in the honors college, some of the fellowships advisor fellowship mm-hmm. advisors, and I was just kind of telling them about what I've been up to, what I've done in the past, and kind of where I think I'm going to be headed as far as kind of like why I'm involved in research and what I want to do with research. So my advisor, she told me like, oh, there's this fellowship. It's called the Barry Goldwater Fellowship. And it's for students who want to pursue a career in STEM research. 
And she said, I think you would be a great um, nominee for this. And I think you should apply for it. So I took a few days and kind of went back and read on the website, went through and just kind of wanted to see what the fellowship really was about. And one of the things that I really noticed was um, no matter or one of the things that kind of resonated with me, I guess, was I knew for a fact that I was going to go into a career in public service. I already had some experience with the USDA and I started working in a few other labs. And even though all of the labs I'm in were very different in field, um, I think each one of them was a great experience and gave me all these different skills that kind of build upon each other. And in the future, like I wanted to become a PI. I wanted to be in charge of my own research and really be able to do what I want with research. So mm-hmm. kind of taking all that into consideration, I thought, okay, well, I'll apply for this fellowship because it, it seems like something I want to do. And it feels like it's something that I will do. Um, so I applied for it. It was, a, it was, it was a process. Um, I started in the fall and met with my advisor week um, about maybe once a week or maybe once every two weeks. And we kind of talked about the application. We talked about questions and worked on, worked every week a little bit on the app um, on the draft and finally submitted in I think I think it was January it was somewhere like January February March one of those months we submitted the application now um, obviously you got the scholarship so wh- why do you think why didn't why do you think they picked you yeah reading my application and looking at things I've done and looking at kind of what I thought my future would look like it was clear that I had this passion and no matter where I ended up, it would be doing some type of research. I think that's kind of one of the big things, um, at least when I look back on my application, the overall message that I'm still going to pursue research as a career, I think that still holds true. So there's a few different ways that getting the fellowship kind of impacted me. I think first and foremost, it kind of gave me a little bit more confidence in my own abilities and gave me, I guess, a better um it just it just made me feel better about what I was doing as an undergrad and kind of like reaffirming that I'm doing I'm making the right choices I guess even if I was early on but other than that like um the fellowship has really given me a competitive edge and I think it's even garnered credibility in myself as I navigate kind of a professional career I think Mm -hmm as I apply for other things or talk with um, different professionals, especially in the research community, when they see that I'm a Goldwater scholar, they already kind of know that I, I've been through a very um, competitive application process. And in the end, people endorse me saying that I am, I am passionate about research and I see the value in conducting research and want to do it myself. And I think that I guess it's kind of like an endorsement from the foundation, like the Goldwater Foundation. And I think when people see that, it's just kind of, like I said, giving me a little bit more credibility um, in that sense. Have you tapped into the Goldwater community as well? Has that been a big resource? Yeah, I have actually met a few other Goldwater scholars, especially going to conferences. I think one of the big things I've learned is that in the fellow in the fellowships world, once you start meeting once you start meeting people, you'll kind of you'll continue to see them as you go further and further um, along in your life. And then, like I said, I'll go to a conference and I'll see see quite a few people that I know from um, Go- the Goldwater Foundation. And another thing is the Goldwater Foundation also hosts different webinars. So I think it was um, maybe a month ago they had a webinar about the MD PhD dual degree program. So like. Uh-huh. 
I was able to be there and just kind of learn a little bit more about the program and just kind of absorb that information. So there's there's a lot that they have um, to benefit students. So I'm going to jump to the other scholarship you got, which, you know, on the surface sounds quite orthogonal, but um, I think you found a very creative way to combine um, that. It's, I'm talking about the Truman Scholarship. And so tell us about that. You, you kind of pitched research into that, I understand. Yeah, so the Truman Fellowship is awarded to students who are pursuing a career in public service. And I, right. know, and I know that for many, hearing that STEM research may not necessarily have like a very clear connection with public service. But yeah. one of the things I really highlighted in my application was that there is, there is a pretty good connection between research and public service. And it just kind of takes a little bit of creativity to try to explain that to people. Um, yeah. So kind of what I've noticed specifically about the Truman Scholar, um, Truman Foundation, is that a lot of people, like I said, they do have this idea that, oh, public service is kind of maybe going to public public office, becoming a lawyer, or like doing um, that type of work. But um, yeah. meeting with all these other Truman Scholars and talking with a few people, I've had, I kind of kept ir- reiterating, like, yeah, no, I want to do STEM. What I want to do is clinical or translational type of research to um, focus on healthcare disparities and low resource communities. And mm-hmm. doing that type of research to pretty much improve um, healthcare does count as public service. And I think that um, what I want to do specifically is take that research and generate um, or t- um, generate knowledge through research around healthcare disparities and using that information I generate, kind of do advocacy on behalf of these low resource communities and say, we need more funding to improve these issues. Um, mm-hmm. That's the, I guess that's kind of how I, I'm looking to approach things is advocating on the research I, advocating using the research I conduct while also um, targeting these healthcare disparities through advocacy using that research. So like it's it's a little it's a little weird, but I think that's kind of where I'm headed and what I want to do. Yeah. So about I think two weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was in Missouri for the Truman Scholar Leadership Week. Like I said, I was kind of maybe the only one or one of the very few who had this idea of doing research as public service, and the rest mm-hmm. were definitely a little bit more um, traditional in the sense of how they want to do public service. But yes. I think kind of the overall message that I or the overall characteristic that I saw between myself and all these other scholars was that we all had this passion that we wanted to kind of help the world in whatever capacity we can. Um, everybody had a different way to pursue public service, and it was inspiring to hear how they wanted to. And like I said, I think I really opened up a few different um, eyes when I told them, like, yeah, this is what I plan to do, and this is how I plan to do it. You've got these two and the Udall Scholarship. Now, you mentioned that this is really important to you and for your community. How so? Yeah, so I come from a community that is kind of just now starting to see how beneficial STEM can be. Um, And we kind of, I guess, coming from a Native community, specifically the Navajo Nation, there's always Mm -hmm. this kind of stigma around Western education, Western medicine and research on reservations. And people, Uh people just don't really trust any of that, just because there's been that history of exploitation. However... I think one of the bigger issues that kind of comes up these days 
is that people often have to choose between Western education and cultural knowledge. Kind of, you can't really have one without the other, it seems. Or mm -hmm. you can't really, yeah, you have to kind of choose between them. Yeah. Uh, but I think for me, it's been really unique in that my parents have supported myself and my younger brothers pursue higher education if we want to. And at the same mm -hmm. time, also keeping those cultural values and teachings really instilled within us. So mm -hmm. as I go forward in my career, um, I always try to acknowledge where I come from and who I am and bringing recognition to my community while also um, offering what resources I have to my community. So kind of one of the things is like for my little brothers, I'm kind of paving this path and hoping that they see all these different opportunities that I've taken advantage of uh, mm -hmm. with my high school. I still share some resources with students over there to try to help them um, as they go about their undergraduate career. But in the end, like my entire career goal is centered around going back to my community and really trying to address some of the um, healthcare disparities that we face and trying to be the main pe the primary, one of the primary people um, helping fix that issue. Let me ask you this. Um, you mentioned you picked chemistry to major in. Why chemistry? Yeah. So... I chose to study chemistry as an undergraduate just because I felt like it really, it was really, it was something that really fascinated me in high school. And I think it really gave me a good foundation and understanding of most other science subjects. I like to think of it in that chemistry is a lot more applicable every day, but at the same time, it's still conceptual enough, um, more conceptual than biology. So like you, you kind mm -hmm. of understand the why why things happen. Just looking around through the eyes of a chemist and kind of having some understanding of what's going on is always commendable. And I think for me, especially with healthcare disparities, at least understanding chemistry and not even just the material, but having that type of um, thinking is really something that will help me in the future. I know um, like chemistry, for example, you have, to, you have to think critically. You have to have a lot of critical thought you also have to be able to kind of find patterns, I guess, and mm -hmm. taking that taking that same thought process and putting it towards like um, healthcare disparities and really looking at um, different issues and just being a critical thinker, I think is really, um, really beneficial. So kind of in my future, I want to stay within chemistry, but even if I don't, I do know that having my undergrad within this um, field has given me those critical thinking skills and problem solving skills that I need. So, like, I guess that's kind of why I chose chemistry, just because I like, I like to think, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing, I think. Actually, you brought up a couple of very interesting things there, um, which kind of leads into, you know, you, obviously there's a lot of classroom instruction, but in your case, you've done quite a bit of undergraduate research over these last three plus years now. And um, how do you think that has helped shape some of the things you just mentioned, like critical thinking and all those kind of skills. Um, what what kind of stuff has undergraduate research provided you by way of skills and abilities, you think? So through each experience, research experience that I've had, I feel like I've kind of gained a new tool to kind of put in my little tool belt of skills that are transferable to almost every almost everywhere you go. Um, there are some skills that I kind of have that are not transferable between like areas, but like it, they kind of lead into shaping your thought and mind process. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. kind of like, um, 
with research, I feel like taking classroom knowledge and things you learn in the classroom and pretty much applying it to something that you're working on and you're not necessarily receiving a grade for, that's kind of mm -hmm. a great way really to see the applicability of what you learn and trying to kind of cement it into your head like, oh, this is what I learned in the classroom and this is how it directly is used in, in whatever field. I think that's mm -hmm. something great. And then that um, once you kind of get data and like you put together a poster you take that and you present at a conference or a competition there you learn how to communicate what you learn there you learn to kind of pick up I guess public speaking skills you learn to advocate on behalf of yourself when you're out at conferences that's all you really that's kind of what you have to do you need to network with other individuals learn to talk with them and kind of be cordial and kind of get that whole feel of the um, of the community. And then from there, that's where you kind of find more and more opportunities. Then along with that, you also get the whole um, like um, applying for grants, applying for fellowships, which in itself, is, I feel is like a whole nother like area or skill that yeah. one, one can delve into. So I think for me, I've gained a lot of those different skills. Like most people think, oh, yeah, like directly like chemistry skills like working with instrumentation working with like experimental design but outside of that you also get this whole other like more i guess social skills where you yeah. where you need to advocate and talk to people so i think undergraduate research it really it really gives you a whole wide array of different things and not necessarily like um like I said, not necessarily within whatever subject area you're in, but even outside of that, you gain things that are just transferable to life. If you were to look at these upcoming high schoolers um, and your own brothers, uh, like you mentioned, what kind of advice would you give, give them about college? I mean, how should they approach it? Maybe, maybe they won't, you know, maybe they'll see some things differently but what what are some broad things you would advise them on yeah so i think one of the biggest things i've learned just in my three years um in undergrad is that you have to have a voice you're your best advocate you're kind of your own advocate and you know what you want the worst okay. the worst that come the worst that someone can say or the worst that someone can tell you is no and if they do, there's always another opportunity. There, there's always another person to ask for whatever to have um, when you're advocating for yourself. And then along with that, you just have to have a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone every now and then and try something new. I think that's kind of one of the things that people say, like, "Oh, you need to, you need to be good. You need to be good at stepping outside of your comfort zone." But I think you don't always have to step out of your comfort zone. But when you when you do. And only then will you know if you like something or not. And if you don't, then you don't have to. You don't have to do it again. I think that's kind of one of the big things: is be open to trying something at least once. And if you don't like, it, then you don't have to do it again. But if you do, then that's something you wouldn't have known unless you had done it. You know. So, Sky, we're going to start winding down now. Before mm -hmm. I let you go, um, I'd like you to share maybe some. Uh, memory or vignette or experience that you think might be worth retelling? Yeah, I think one of my fondest memories, or I guess is a culmination of memories in like the same place. But um, my favorite thing to do on campus is just kind of hang around at the Honors College with my friends. And at the same time, 
every now and then some of the honors college faculty will come out of their offices and just kind of start having casual conversations with us. College, it's just kind of everybody thinks that going to class, doing homework, studying, taking tests, and then just going to class 24-7. But yeah. In those moments when you're kind of surrounded by your friends and the faculty who care about you outside of just your academics, I think it really, it really um, leads into that feeling of belonging and being surrounded by those who care about you. Um, and I feel like the Honors College specifically for me in those moments, it kind of feels like my home. So I think that's one of the things like you'll have, there are moments where it's not all going to be about your academics. It's going to be about those people that you meet, those people who care about you and those people who want to see you succeed. And I think every now and then, those are the times you need to really relish it. Fabulous. So Sky, this has been a very inspiring conversation. Uh, fascinating to hear your story. And I'm sure there's a lot more that will unfold over the coming years. And I wish you all the luck and stay in touch. So thank you again. We'll speak soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Sky Harper on his fast-paced undergraduate journey. Sky wants his accomplishments to serve as an inspiration to his native community, the Navajo Nation. He wants his brothers and others in the community to use his story to pave their own ways forward to a great career. Winning the Goldwater Scholarship, the Truman Scholarship, the Udall Scholarship has truly been a blessing for his own progress and he's hoping it does the same for his community. I hope you are motivated by Sky's story and you challenge yourself to apply your talents and lift yourself and others as well. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, Take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Alma Matters. Matters.